0: Welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Hello, everyone. This is Barney Leventino at Syosset Library. Welcome to Turn the Page. And today's guest is um, a callback guest, James Byrne. James, welcome.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: you were here with us just about a year ago when you introduced um, an absolutely fascinating and unique character, uh, Desmond Aloysius Limerick. Uh, the first book was The Gatekeeper, and the newest one out this summer is Deadlock. So James, welcome, and um it's great to have you back, and I have to tell you, I remember last time we spoke, I had read The Gatekeeper, and I think I made a comment along the lines that it really grabbed me from the first sentence on, and um, this did the same, and I was trying to think of a way to articulate my reaction to these books, and you gave me the word on page 326 of your book, I was ensorcelled by the <laughs> book. And I actually made a note when I got to that page. I said, what a great word. And it, it, it to a T, grabbed me. So welcome. And let's talk about the sorcery of these books.
1: Excellent. I'm Glad to be here.
0: Um, tell us a little bit, first of all, about, um, for re- listeners who would, may, may not have read the first book, um, it was The Gatekeeper. Desmond is a gatekeeper. Tell us a little bit about what is a gatekeeper and how does that kind of describe what Desmond does?
1: Well, this guy is uh, was a soldier. I uh, allude to what military unit he worked with, although I haven't said it in so many words. And he was a breach expert. Uh, that is to say he's the guy who can open any door, keep it open as long as necessary, and control who does and who does not go through it. So in, anytime his unit needed to breach anything, he's the guy who could do it. So beyond being a soldier, it also requires some uh, soft skills. He's got some engineering and computer uh, background as well. And now he's 35 years old. He's retired. He's got a guitar. He's wandering around the United States, which he doesn't know because he's an Englishman,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, picking up musical gigs and unfortunately getting into scrapes because he get involved in things he shouldn't get involved with.
0: But he's well equipped for most of what he gets involved with.
1: He is. He's, he is a highly skilled guy and he can be, a, he can be extremely violent. He's just not, uh, the, he, he lacks any kind of, um, Weird testosterone thing about violence, I mean he can if he needs to, but it's not a it's not a normal part of his life.
0: It's funny. I made a note here um that we're we're learning a little bit more about des uh, as we get into the second book. You're kind of peeling some of the layers back and you allude to um to his military background um this book starts with um something of i don't want to say a failure on Des's part. But he can't quite keep that gate open as long as he would like, uh, which leads to some repercussions down the road. So let's talk a little bit about the substance and 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 what Des finds himself now in deadlock.
1: So um, I do. This is a thing I've never done before. I never wanted to do uh, prologue scenes because prologues feel like you're cheating a little bit. But my current editor at St. Martin's Press really likes them. And so he insisted that I do prologue so i thought okay i can i can do that so he we do meet him uh uh, in chechnya the first time in the first scene but then when we cut back to the to the present uh he's just gotten through with the adventures uh, uh from the first book he's in los angeles a mate who's in portland oregon my hometown calls him and says that she's in trouble her sister has been attacked her sister has been hospitalized does dashes up to portland to see if he can help Mm-hmm. And runs into a situation that involves the Drug Enforcement Administration, the U.S. Marshal Service, the Witness Protection Program, and a major international uh, high tech company. And Des, being Des, he gets into the middle of it and becomes enmeshed in this um, international crisis.
0: You know, the big tech issue here is is a major um, component of this storyline, and when we think about the threats, if you would, that big tech poses, we're thinking mostly along the lines of of, um, information, um, manipulation, censoring, um, uh, media aspects, but this this tech company is taken to a whole different level in terms of the actual physical type threat that is presented. so talk a little bit about that and, and how that comes to play.
1: Well, first thing to know about this book is that I am not a technically oriented person. I'm not. I know nothing about the world. Boy, that took a bunch of research to not sound too deeply stupid when I started talking about high tech things. But um, without giving too much away, what happens is there is a rot on the inside of this very green, very liberal, very northwesty, very Portland, uh, high tech corporation and people uh, who should be incarcerated and locked away are finding themselves on the streets, uh, interacting in, in, in ways that the Drug Enforcement Administration can't figure out, the U.S. Marshal Service can't figure it out. And it's all connected to this company that specializes in in uh, uh, information technology. So um, it starts off appearing to be a kind of a smallish mystery. Somebody's beat up a a local journalist and and another journalist or an an auditor likely was, was killed, but quickly blooms into a much, much bigger situation uh, that involves uh, international diplomacy and uh, failed States in Africa and the uh, British uh, military intelligence six gets involved. So it blossoms pretty quickly from what it initially appears to
0: be. The tech company Clockjack. um, founded initially by three, I guess, college pals who stumbled upon this and became um, tech gazillionaires as a consequence. The three characters who who started the company, we really only meet two of them. We meet R.J. Right. Sharp and we meet Teddy Meeker. And I'll ask you, since you created them, did they set out initially with... Um, really high altruistic hopes, or was there always an undercurrent of, well, let's call it what it is, greed? um, I think
1: in my head, they started out as a very green, very liberal organization that really wanted to do good, uh, do well by the world. Um, uh, RJ is is Jewish, and that whole concept of saving the world is something that she believes in in her faith. And so, yes, I think Clockjack started as... Some professors who came up with an idea long before there was such a thing as apps and uh, when the Internet was uh, in its nascent form and uh turned a massive profit off of it and it's very and it's um for those of you who who don't know this portland is a very very blue very very liberal bubble
0: really Uh, haven't heard that good lord we're (laughs) yeah
1: there's a one of the one of the uh, legislative districts on the east side of of the river here is known as the kremlin uh Uh, because we are yeah we're slightly to the left of leon trotsky (laughs) and so it was really fun playing with that dynamic playing with this the notion of the, the meta perception that Portlanders have, the first off, they're always comparing themselves to Seattle and, and San Fran and LA and thinking of themselves as the little sister of those. And then secondly, that notion of um, we're the intrinsic good guys in the world because we're intrinsically liberal and we're intrinsically green. And it was really nice to play and throw that on its head.
0: Does that, does that intrinsic um, greenness and liberalness, does that perhaps make them, a bit more susceptible to having their creation um co-opted the way it was or um did they were they a little more um open eyed about what was going on
1: um i don't know how much of this i want to give away
0: okay i'm sorry one of
1: the two, one of the two primary creators of the project um is essentially sociopath and just doesn't care um, really, really likes the math of it. He really loves the algorithms of it. And if people are dying, that's eh, not really his department. Uh, and so one of them started off, um, not actually caring that much, but, but like a lot of people who have sociopathic tendencies fronts really well. So if you didn't know this about him, you know, he would appear to be just kind of a normal dude. And then the other person got, um, uh, swept up in the fame and swept up in the ted talks and the and being a famous person and at that that end began to justify whatever memes came about
0: yeah i don't want to give too much of the plot away but just for in terms of talking about your characters let's go back to des we can talk about him a lot um I, I think I asked you this last time, and I'm, I'm going to go into a little more with you now in terms of, of where did he come from? Because he's just such a, a fascinating and really unique character for this type of of, of thriller action story. It, it just he's he's so different than all the other characters that are out there. So how did he come about?
1: Well, I really wanted to do a single male protagonist book because I had done ensemble books and I had done partnership books. I'd done three at uh, Blackstone with uh, co-equal partners, uh, Finnegan and Fierro. And I really wanted to do one with one action adventure character because I hadn't done that before. And I love that genre. I love Greg Hurwitz. I I love Robert Cray. I love Nick Petrie. Those guys are just great writers. And I had to come up with something original to say because, I mean, those guys do it so well. Meg Gardner, brilliant. Right. Um, uh, Mark Graney. So I, I, had, I needed to do something different. And I finally struck on two things. One is that he's an Englishman. Um, and he's, and he doesn't sound like he's all that smart. I mean, his, 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 his lingo is a lot more street than it is, um, uh, professorial. And the second thing about him is that he has no angst. He's not unhappy with the world. He's not unhappy with himself. He thinks of himself as the luckiest bloke in the world. He's having a great deal of fun. Uh, and from time to time, a great deal of fun in, in, includes popping people in the nose and knocking people unconscious. Mm-hmm. And he's okay with that. Um, uh, but hes he, I, I really, really wanted a protagonist who had no dark side. He's just a guy who's really enjoying life a great deal, walking around on the guitar, getting into scrapes. The other thing, it was going to be really fun. And once I established that about the character, the next thing I really want to do, and by the way, my editor loves this is that, and I'd never seen this in another thriller of its kind. Des is the least cool guy in the world when it comes to sex. He's 15 years old and I, he has no coolness around women, absolute zero coolness around women. And I had not seen that in a thriller protagonist before either. So it was really, it was, um he is by far the most fun character I've ever written. And if I, shut up and sit down and get out of the way he writes a lot of his own dialogue and um i gotta tell you honestly he is so much fun to write
0: he's a blast to read also i mean his his y- you talk about he doesn't seem uh all that bright i'm reading him and i'm i'm seeing something very different i see a really really intelligent guy behind his his facade of the casual banter and and yeah. um i mean that's his that's his face but but there's a lot behind there, and it's obvious.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it was it was fun to write. You know, I'm a I'm a journalist by trade. I'm a copy editor, so writing bad English is uh, I also have to pull a muscle not to do that. You know, because for years and years I've been fixing stuff like that. Um, so that was that was a great deal of fun to write in in slang and to write in in bad English. But he's real smart. He's a very very uh, clever fellow, and and he's educated, smart and educated being two different things. Um, so it was really fun having that facade of being a street guy.
0: And he's a funny guy also. He's got a great sense of humor. He
1: is funny, but he's not as funny as he thinks he is. So it's fun doing both the funny jokes and the jokes that bomb because nobody understands him. That's, uh, writing writing jokes that dud out is hilariously fun.
0: As I'm reading your work, um, and I, I, I get this, I guess, a lot when I'm reading people, writers have to have a love of language and, and a love of, 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 of verbiage and, and dialogue. But I think that what comes through in this, and a lot of it is in, in Dez's dialogue. And again, going back to, um, you throwing in a word like ensorcelled in a, the absolute perfect spot. It's clear to me, and it seems to that, that you really have a lot of fun writing these stories.
1: Yeah, it's um, I. W- I sometimes teach uh, fiction writing uh, for like mystery groups, and um, one of the things I often tell people is you ought to be your own first reader. You ought to write books if you're a genre writer. If you're not doing literature. And I'm clearly not a literature writer. You should write books that that make you happy. You should write books that make you wake up in the morning and think, man, I put my protagonist in a weird situation. I don't know how she's going to get out of it. What boy, this will be interesting to find out. So I really write to entertain me. And that includes, you know, as a lifelong copy editor, uh, writing. Um, I enjoy the fun of writing and finding words that make sense and blend. And I, I never think of myself as a lyricist, but my wife sometimes says, you know, you should have been a lyricist. You, you clearly think of cadence and rhythm uh, when uh, and beat when you write. So yeah, she's smarter than I am. She's probably right. <laughs>
0: There's um, a relationship in the in the book that. Kind of grows, and that is between um Reziah and her sister um, they start out and their their relationship kind of changes along the way and it was interesting to see that. How did you you know come to that and 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 work that through uh
1: in my earlier series and in the first book here, one of the things I really want to do is strong female protagonists because i 'm drawn as a reader to strong female protagonists. And I had obviously three or four of them in the first book. And then the second one, I thought um, I had already established this young, early 20s s- singer songwriter with whom Des mm-hmm. uh, plays. He's a backup musician for her. And I thought just because she's so young doesn't mean she can't be a strong female protagonist, mm-hmm. too. So then I thought, OK, well, what if she uses what she has, which is lyric writing to overcome trauma? she's now uh, she's a person who at a very young age has figured out what her traumas are and has figured out how to master them by writing about them. And I thought, Oh man, that's strong. And where that came from is I'm obviously a a much older guy. I'm, you know, got gray hair and I work in a newsroom and I have a lot of 20 somethings who write for our, our chain of newspapers here in the Portland area. Mm -hmm. And what i found is a lot of the 20 somethings are willing to say to me, Hey, by the way, I'm in therapy. I'm stressed out. I'm feeling Um, anxious or depressed and they're owning it and talking about it in a way that my generation never did because we're stupid Uh, and they're so much smarter about it. So um, dealing with the young people I work with and whom I admire a great deal in my newspaper gave me the notion of having a woman who at the age of 22, 24, whatever she is, I can't remember now, um, has figured out how to own her own crises. And I just thought that was tremendously fun
0: um yeah and, and, and her sister as well they're two really um really interesting women who as i said they they kind of evolve as the story goes and 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 um end up in a in a little bit of a different place than where they started um one aspect that i found very interesting and again i don't want to give, give plot away but at one point des um he's dealing with with um an adversary his primary adversary in the book and these are two military men who have developed through the course of their um, interactions, a, a, a mutual respect for one another. Um, and at one point, Des has um, taken a somewhat questionable tactical step to try to, again, I don't wanna give anything away here, but but um, a, a step which, which seems, somewhat out of character for him but he did it in order to leverage his situation and kind of level the playing field a little bit for a a very specific reason and as a consequence of that there's a there's a discussion between um des and and his his adversary um about and des poses the question is that are we speaking now as soldiers or as blokes in terms of what is the consequence of this tactical decision that I made where soldiers might see it as a specific step towards the mission, whereas a bloke might see it in a slightly different fashion or a very different fashion. So we'll talk a little bit about that because it was it was really interesting um, exchange between them.
1: What I really wanted to do was come up with a guy who had many of Dez's skill sets as far as the military stuff goes. And Dez had been a sergeant. This guy had been a sergeant. Uh, this guy is from Scotland. Uh, Dez uh, grew up in the UK. Um, and had the situation been different, they clearly could have been mates if they'd have met. Uh, working for the same unit, they'd have been fine with each other. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I didn't want this guy to be intrinsically evil. Now he's working for some bad people, and you know he's taken uh, taken good money to do terrible things. But that's his job as a soldier. Uh, and so I, the idea of having a guy who was who was very very much like Des and whom Des could have liked was really fun. Second thing I got to do in that that I'd never seen before, and uh, for me it was it was unusual, was the bad guy in this instance, asks for a parlay. He, he tries to talk the way, way out of it. He says, Is there a way that I can, we can pay you off? We'll leave the sisters alone. How can we stop this thing without it going nuclear? And I really liked that it was the bad guy who wanted to sit down over bacon and eggs mm-hmm. and see if there was a path forward. Because uh, I just hadn't seen that before. And I thought that was fun. And then finally... Um, Des does something that is, as you say, really questionable. I mean, Des comes from the world of, of there's only two categories. There's win and loss in the military and you do what you got to do to win. And then you live with the consequences of your actions later. So Des takes some actions that are quite dire. And then he has to say to him, if you and I are soldiers, then we met up in the field and I won and that's it. And you don't care. It's fine. You take your pay and your pay envelope, you go home. But if we're blokes, I messed with your family and you're not going to let that go. And the answer is he's we're both, I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to the final confrontation, but I did, I really was enjoying the notion that this guy asked for peace, um, had a lot of the same skill sets, was admired by his own men, the men he, he led and could have been the protagonist of a different book.
0: Yeah, it was um really, you, you want to not like the bad guy in the story and he's he's not a a dislikable man He, he um as you say he's he cares about his men he's trying to stay focused on the mission and um given the opportunity to extricate everybody he he would have taken it and it was it was an interesting take and that that whole exchange was a great great scene i really enjoyed that oh thank you um Des kind of ends up with um, another potential enemy popping up out of the ground, and 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 I, I guess we're looking now towards maybe book three. And again, without giving much away, um, is there a time frame for book three coming out or?
1: Book three is written. It is being edited by uh, my editor. Who's Keith Kayla at St. Martin's press Minotaur. And he is a famous, famous mystery editor, arguably the best in the world. I mean, he's tremendous. Uh, and he makes my books better. Not every author you interview will say that Keith Kayla makes me a better writer. Cause he's so good. Uh, so it's done. He's got it. Uh, he's um, he should be getting me back notes literally any week now. Uh, and it then, um, Deadlock comes out on August 7th. That book would come out August of 2024. And they bought the next one after that which would come out in August of
0: 2025. That was my next question. When you started, how far down the road were you thinking? I mean, did you think it was going to be a one-off or did you have a series um, in mind?
1: I, I had a series in mind. I really wanted, I, I really wrote this you know, you can either write a hyperbolic or a parabolic arc in a book. And in a par- parabolic arc, your your hero is more or less who your hero was at the beginning of the book. So you can launch another one. If you have a hero who's a tough ex, whatever, and at the end of the book he's paralyzed and crippled and can't move, you have an entirely different book, right? And so the next book will be of a different genre. So these are parabolically arced, mm-hmm. so that he's more or less the same dude on page three hundred that he was on page three. And you and uh, the other thing I'm trying to do is. I introduce um, a character in book one, uh, Razia, who uh, gives me my plot for book two. And I'm introducing a character in in book two, whom you just referenced, who will then give me my plot for book three. And I'm planning to do the same thing between three and four. So I'm using characters as bridges to the next story, other than Des himself.
0: Well, it was, again, an absolutely um, thrilling read, enthralling um, it was wonderful. I, I was really looking forward to this book coming out. And in fact, I, I had reached out a while ago to um, to the publicist to make sure I could get you on because I wanted to talk about it. Um, to our listeners, the book is Deadlock. Um, book one was uh, The Gatekeeper. I recommend them uh, wholeheartedly. They're just absolutely fun, fun books um, in the thriller series. Des Limerick is a character like none other that you will. I, I'm sure you will love. Um, So, James, thank you so, so much for stopping by and uh, come and see us again when the next one comes out.
1: Well, this is tremendous fun. You know, I will. This has been great. I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much.
0: It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.